This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. All right, it's time once again for Ask Isaac. This is a hard one. I just, um, hopefully I'll have the energy to do it. I just finished a delicious lunch of Soylent. It's actually not delicious. It tastes like almost nothing, but it's not bad. I, I don't mind it, but that's not the question today. The question is from Christina Miller. She asks on Facebook, what are your religious beliefs and why? And this is a question that I don't, I don't really like answering to be honest, but I decided to make myself do it. It's one that it's such a, a constant journey of truth seeking and something that's always evolving. And I never want to kind of put myself in a, here's what my religious beliefs are at any given time. Cause I want that freedom to, to grow and change and morph. Um, and I see it as like an open exploratory process, not one of designated boxes with labels that you have to jump into. But it's really hard if you start defining what you believe religiously, it's really hard for it to not become that. But I'm going to give it a stab anyway. So I believe that something beyond our senses exists. There's something beyond our own knowledge, something objective. Uh, I you call it objective truth. You could call it infinite intelligence. You could call it a moral code. You could call it just the fabric of reality itself. You could call it undifferentiated being. You could call it God. You could call it a lot of things. But I think, to me, the existence of an objective truth, regardless of our own experience or awareness of it, it's there. It is sort of the laws of the universe um, you know, exist independent of whether or not we encounter and understand and know those laws. That body of objective truth exists. And the interesting thing about it is I think whether or not and to what extent we are in tune with or in alignment with those laws, with that objective truth of the universe, that's what I would call morality. So it's highly personal. Morality is objective yet personal. So only I can know, and even there, it's a process of trying to know better and be honest with myself about it, whether or not I'm acting morally. So for me to, you know, drink a beer after I've made a promise to myself that I'm not going to drink any beer, maybe an immoral act, not because drinking beer itself is immoral, but because I know that I am not in right relation to this truth because there's something in this truth that, you know, making a, a commitment, a promise to yourself and then violating it is out of alignment with that truth or at least in certain circumstances, right? So it's always a process of trying to find out where I am in relation to that objective truth and getting closer to it and getting more in alignment with it. Um, whereas justice is what I see as right relation between man and man, and that's subjective and public. So, you know, you can't look at me drinking a beer and know whether or not that's an immoral act. Only I can. And it's different in the moment and based on what's going on internally and, and where I'm at in relation to truth, which is so broad. None of us will ever grasp all of it. 
but we're always trying to feel like different parts of it, you know, like the old, you know, blind guys feeling an elephant and finding different aspects of it at different places. But justice is subjective and public. So I don't think that there is a once and for all, this is just, this is unjust. Justice is about a world that helps us achieve our outcomes when we interact with each other. And so things like natural rights, property rights, um, I even think these, I don't think these objectively exist. I think they are constructs that emerge. There's a great essay called Toward an Empirical Theory of Natural Rights by John Hasness that, that it lays this out very well. But these are emergent phenomena um, and that the conventions of justice and common law that we have among each other to keep peace, those are, you know, based on the the sort of circumstances we're in, they're, they're there to mitigate conflict and they're viewable to all. So it is entirely possible, for example, to do something immoral that's not unjust, the, the you know, say the beer drinking example I gave you, or to do something unjust that's not immoral. So if I accidentally back into your car um, and I didn't mean to do it and I didn't know about it and I drove away, I have not done anything immoral, but I have committed an injustice. Or if I try to assassinate you, but I miss and nobody's harmed. I haven't committed an injustice because nobody knew and nobody was harmed, but I have committed something immoral. Uh, if, if my own experience of truth in, in that situation is that killing you would be out of alignment with truth, which seems like it pretty much almost always is. There are certain things that seem to be um, very, very common in our effort to explore and find that universal, um, that, that objective truth um, and find our own way to interact with it. So Again, I don't think any of us ever know all of that truth, but I think we know it in doses. And I think we can discover it and come to it through reason and logic, um, but also aspects of it through experience. I don't think it ever contradicts logic, but I think there are aspects of it that go beyond just what can be reasoned to, that can be experienced. So religion is really, religion as a means of accessing this truth through knowledge and through ritual and through various practices and traditions is very cool. I think religion is very cool in that regard. Religion as an institution of social control is not at all. And so that's why it's very dangerous to say, like, are you a religious person? Well, I think religious practices um, are powerful. And pretty much every religion is in some way attempting to discover and know more of this universal truth that exists beyond what we can see and touch. Um, and you know, this objective, objective reality, this, this God, but it also does a lot of other things. It's a social function. People use it as a signaling device. Um, most people who affiliate with religion and, and participate in various churches and things like that are not primarily using it as a way to discover that truth. Um, they're not using it as a tool, as a mechanism, as a community, as a set of practices and, and wisdom to help find out more about truth logically and experience it and find ways to become more aligned with it. Um, they're doing it for a various other reasons, to find some friends, to make people think they're a good person because it's the easy thing to do, to control others. Some of those are benign. Some of them are terrible. Um, so... In that regard, um, I think religion can be uh, very, very dangerous and problematic as an institutional, um, you know, as an institution that that seeks to that seeks to control people. Now, I grew up in the evangelical Christian tradition, and because I'm so familiar with the language, the rituals, the the, the words, the Christian narrative, that's the easiest for me to relate to. 
um, in terms of the practices, you know, like prayer and some of the music and these things and, and habits and language for describing um, truth and morality and finding a way to be in right relation to that enduring sort of eternal truth. So I'm very comfortable with that language, um, but I'm very fascinated by um, and not made uncomfortable by um, the language of many other religions and the narratives of, of many other religions as well. Um, and, and even um, tremendously by those who would, who would say they are um, atheists or skeptics who are saying, I'm only going to restrict my pursuit of truth to the use of reason and logic and not involve uh, sort of ritual practice or, or um, sort of experiential ways of accessing truth and understanding it and trying to be in alignment with it. I have tremendous respect for that. It's just a form of specialization uh, to me, focusing on reason alone. Um, doesn't necessarily ensure that those people are going to you know use reason the most effectively or anything, but um, it really can. There can be some great truth there. So that is kind of roughly my religious beliefs. Um, why is really primarily driven by uh, probably since I was maybe 15 or 16, I really started reading C.S. Lewis and really loved C.S. Lewis. He sort of opened me up to the world of, of ideas in general. I wasn't much of a reader prior to that um, and got into a lot of you know theology and um, philosophy more generally. And to me, it's just kind of through through reason and uh, reason, but some experience as well, but primarily reason that I, I think it's hard for me to deny that an objective moral code or truth exists because all societies for all of time that we can, that we know of and in our own lives and everybody that I know, we all appeal to a sense of right, a sense of fairness, a sense of morality that's above and beyond and different than sort of the emergent conventions and norms that just make our lives more convenient and easier. So yes, it's an emergent phenomena and a, and a convention and a construct that's useful and beneficial. Um, property rights, for example, those are also logically necessary. It's, it's actually impossible to not have a concept of property and property ownership. But, you know, some of these conventions about rights and, and fair use and whatever, Absolutely, you can see those being necessary conventions that emerge um, in order for society to, to work. But I think the fact that people have feelings of guilt about their own, the concept of like not being true to yourself, for example, it's kind of being true to a self that you never have been, but that you can sort of imagine when you picture yourself being in right relation to something, something external to yourself, some truth, some version of you that is theoretically possible, that's in perfect alignment with ultimate universal truth or or infinite intelligence or the moral code or, or pure undifferentiated being, whatever you want to call it. I think that's pretty much universal. Um, and I think logically um, it explains as, as a, a lot of explanatory power and just practically, um, for me at least, acknowledging that and trying to access a truth greater than that which I can sort of immediately see and understand that there are, there are sort of powers at work in the universe um, that are greater than that which I can grasp and fully understand and trying to understand them. That to me is the journey and the excitement. Uh, so that's a synopsis of my current religious journey, exploration, beliefs, and why. Thanks for the question, Christina. That was actually, that was actually a challenge and uh, 
I'm sure it will continue to uh, evolve over time. 